Hello, how are y'all doing today? I'm Christopher, your host, and today I'm going to be coming from Romans chapter 12, verse 3, and it reads, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And this is not a, a message about faith. This is a word that causes us to look at and within ourselves and not at others. It's not a happy, feel-good word, but it's necessary. It's a word of conviction, a word of correction, a word that not only helps us stand the test of time, but a word that causes us to prioritize where our focus is and where it should be. And I'm going to start with what should be our first rule of thumb, and it is that we should have no other gods before our Father. And I'm going to say this, anything that you put before the father is your God. And there was a conversation being had and it was about women being with women. And the person said, a woman cannot have me as if I am too good for that. And my reaction to that was maybe homosexuality isn't where your struggle lies. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's the excessive eating of food. Maybe you struggle with sex or pornography. Maybe it's control or maybe you seek attention. Maybe you are not good at stewarding what God has given you. Or maybe unforgiveness may be what you what you what you what you struggle with. Maybe it's work, maybe it's business or even fame, maybe it's your children, your marriage, or maybe it's ministry. I chose this topic because God the Father has called us to manage everything that he has given to us, including our time. And the truth be told, some of us are time wasters. We spend it doing everything except grooming the relationships that God has given to us. And our very first relationship is to God then our spouse because how can two walk together except they be in agreement? and next are the children and then everything else ministry family business work etc i said that i said that i and i know some are going to say ministry should be the first thing because that's what god called us to do and to that i just want to say this ministry never comes before god I can see how some people will make ministry their God instead of the one that causes us to be effective in ministry. You see, if we don't go to God first, what can we possibly have to say to others? It's good that we are gifted and can discern people. The question is, are we before God enough that we can show that he can show us ourselves? Because if we are not right, the same thing that is attached to us will trickle down to the other people that we talk to or that we speak over. You see, there is nothing wrong about being gifted. When God is, because God created us, we were created with gifts. There is nothing wrong with being wealthy and well-known. But the way you obtain it is the kicker. I found that sometimes we as people of God or prophets of God, have the need to be right about everything. We have the desire to look a certain way before people as if we ourselves are not flawed. We look at ourselves and say, oh, I'm good. And I ask that, oh, you good, but you good compared to what or compared to who? Because if we are measuring ourselves by people, we are missing it.
The Bible says there is none good but the Father. Even Jesus in all his deeds said, why callest thou me good? None is good but one, and that is God. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. You see, we can spot somebody else's wrongs quick. We can discern others, but I want you to know that others can discern you also. You see, when we are quick to judge or think something about somebody else, we should be first to cast the beam out of our own eye so that we can see clearly to remove the little speck from our brother's eye. I know that this is not a popular message, but I'm not in the business of building fans. I'm in the business of, I'm in the business of building people. You see, Jesus was a carpenter, and not only did he build furniture, he built people. Broken and wounded people, thirsty and hungry people, sick and afflicted people, blind and lame people. He built those that were outcast and demon-possessed, and he showed those that were holier than thou. That even in all of their knowing of scripture and traditions, that they still lacked one thing. And that one thing was God, who is supposed to be their source. You see, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were learned people. In fact, Paul was a Pharisee, well learned in scripture and traditions, but yet he was unlearned in the kingdom. Don't get me wrong. It's great to have wealth. It's great to have a wealth of knowledge and, and, and a wealth of literature. But if you don't have the wealth of revelation and wisdom to apply the principles of God to your life, you have not yet made it. No matter how good your name looks on paper, seminary school won't get it. All the theology won't get it. It is possible to be a smart fool, thinking that you can get it by any other means than the Father. Wisdom or to be wise means that you know how to apply the knowledge and revelation that you have received from God. But to just know the word isn't enough. Sometimes the church looks just like the world and it's time for the church to sober up. For we are drunk of the intoxicating influence that we have, the platforms that we have, the followers that we have. How many of those followers are we feeding? What are we using that platform for? Attention is a breeding ground for pride to come in. It causes you to look at yourself as if people need you. They don't need you. They need the God in you. When did lights, camera, action become a greater value than asking people if they want to give their life to Christ? Don't get me wrong. A platform is good. But who is on that platform? Is it man or is it God? I can see how we can miss the mark, especially when God starts using us and blessing us and the people begin to receive us and esteem us above our name. I can see how intoxicating fame can be, but what happens when fame doesn't feel like fame? What happens when the same people that put you up on that pedestal snatch it out from up underneath you? Because you said something that conflicts with their lifestyle. But the Bible says, what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his only soul? Lust is a dangerous thing. It's dangerous to want everything nice that you see. It's one thing to receive something from God, but it's another thing to go after the things that you did not consult God about. Just like it's one thing to sacrifice something to God, but another thing for God to require something of you. And sometimes God will require a blessing from you. Yes, something that he blessed you with, he will ask you to give it away. Abraham waited a hundred years for a child. And then to turn around and give that child back to God is something totally different. The question is, can we do that?
Can we give the business away? Can we give the car away? Can we give the fiance away? Can we give the money away, the house away, the children away? Can we give God anything he asks us for? I know we can give away some food. We can give away our pet maybe, but a child Come on now. Let's be real. It's hard to give a blessing away. I don't care what level you are on. But when you are mature enough and confident enough in God, you can let all things go. Because nothing that you can ever obtain in this life can compare to the life that God has for you. Sometimes God wants you to open your hand and drop what's in it so that... You can receive a new thing. Sometimes we get so caught up in what God did that we can't embrace what God is doing. And we make idols out of our past experiences with God. But God is saying, okay, that's enough. It's enough for the old thing. I want to do something different now. Moses was God's friend, but he missed it. Though he sat down with God and he saw God face to face, God gave all these instructions and he followed them all. He missed the promised land. Why? Because God wanted to change the trajectory of Israel. He wanted to show the people the same God that can strike a rock is the same God that can speak to a rock and get the same results. Remember, these are hard-headed, stubborn, and stiff-necked people. He wanted to change the people by example. Remember, they were slaves. They were used to being beat. But God wanted to change that. He didn't want it to take brute force any longer. He wanted it to simply be a conversation. Slaves can identify with being hit and made to do something by force. But God wanted to introduce the new thing. But the frustrations of a friend caused him to miss the opportunity of a lifetime. It's one thing to lead a people from a place of misery. But it's another thing to take them into a place of peace. A place of rest. A state of victory. Victory. Moses missed the big show on the account of ministry. In the midst of shepherding goats, hard-headed people that had not transformed their minds, they were physically and spiritually free, but mentally bound by 400 years of oppression. And it was easier for them to take orders and to be slaves rather than to rest in the Lord that freed them from it. There were some things and some people God has and will trust you with. But how will you know what to do if you spend all of your time being their God instead of giving them your God and letting them go to your source. But you can't because you need the validation of people. The people didn't call you and they don't have a word to put in your mouth. So how can you withhold your time from God? We are in a time that people have itchy ears and they only want to hear something good and they will pull on you to satisfy their need. They only want to hear that they are entering into a land flowing with milk and honey and that God is blessing them and he is even in this word right here because just before Israel could possess a land they had to fight and this is where God has some of us right now in the midst of a fight because God wants to take us higher and he wants us to have that unlimited plan with him but that unlimited plan will cost us something and we don't mind giving people our time but what about God this is all about God if we are in our 
feelings, we need to come out of them because I will not apologize for anything I said. God is raising up voices that will speak from a pure place, regardless of the backlash, because it's not about feelings. It's about change. It's about holiness. It's about you asking God to use you, but there is so much of you in the way that God can't shine, and he wants that to change. He's not reintroducing himself to you. The question is, will you welcome him in with open arms? Or will you let offense take hold and cause you to miss him? When will our lives become about God? God, I come into prayer to commune with you, not to ask for anything, but to simply be in your presence, to simply minister to you through my worship. Father, my life is nothing without you. I don't desire to have things if I can't have the benefit of your presence. Your presence is everything to me. Before you came into my life, I had things, but I was lonely and empty. And now that you are here, I praise the value that you have brought into my life. The mere peace you come with is enough. The joy is enough. Just to know that I will never be alone again is enough. We have to exalt the creator above all creation because without things being created, it would just be a thought. And God is our revelated answer to every thought when it comes to creation. Was it not God who fashioned the stars in the heavens, who caused the sun and the moon to rule the greater and lesser of lights? Is it not God who created times and seasons for years? Is it not God who told the light to shine and the seas to gather together to give place for man? And if God had not done these things, there would not be an existence of man because we understand that it takes light, earth, and water to grow plants. And plants give off oxygen necessary for life. Everything works together just like the body of Christ is supposed to. And no one is greater than anyone else. We are all gifted differently. Prophecy is great, but do not all have the ability to prophesy. Everyone does not have the gift of prophecy, but the spirit of prophecy can come upon all of us. Did not even Saul, the disobedient king, prophesy among the prophets? Do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. We are at the cusp of a big thing, not these little mundane things we call miracles. Work page your bills unless God calls someone to give. Isn't your life more than clothes and food? You are supposed to be great, but not outside of God. You are supposed to bring value into whatever thing God calls you to, but you cannot do it without his leadership. There is nothing you will receive on this earth greater than the spirit of God, no matter what you obtain. We as a people must return back to our first love. Some of us need to do the first works all over again, starting with repenting. God, I ask you to forgive me for allowing work, life, family, bills, and all those other distractions come in and take your place. God, I ask you to forgive me for walking after comfort and being complacent in my relationship with you. God, I know what your word says, and I thought that since I was doing ministry, I was doing the right thing, but now I realize that I was doing a good thing, but the good thing should never take the place of our thing, God, of me and your thing, God. God, I miss you, and God, I'm asking for another chance. Reanoint me with focus and zeal so that we can get to the place I am 
supposed to be. God, I'm not asking to be reconnected to an old season with you that has since passed away, but I want to walk in the newness of your will today. I ask you to rekindle the flame that once burned in me and caused me to hunger and thirst for you. God, permeate me with your spirit so I may live again. The song that rings in my spirit now is... I made space for what I treasure. I made time for what I want. I choose my priorities and Jesus, you're my number one. And I will make room for you. I will prepare for two so you don't feel that you can live here. Please live in me. And this is where we need to get back to. This is where we need to come back to. We need to come back to a place of asking God to live in us. We need to come back to a place of telling God that we're going to move everything else out of the way. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make room for you. God, I'm going to make space for you. God, I just want you. God, I just want you. God, I just want you. What happened to those times when we were when we would cry out to God, asking God to, to, to show us the way, asking God to move, oh heavenly, asking God to have his divine way, asking God that whatever his will is, just let it be known and we would do it. What Whatever happened to those days, we have come to a complacent place where we saw that we had God. And I can remember when God told me once, he said, now that you have her, he said, now get me. He was saying, I opened the door for that relationship. Now I want you to open the door for this relationship. He was just simply telling me that, 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 that even though he used her to get me to a place, that now that I'm in that place, take full advantage of that place with him. Because he is the one that matters. For he is the one that connects. And he is also the one that will separate. God is wanting that relationship back with us. He wants that relationship that cannot be broken. Not by things. Not by people. It just cannot be broken. Because we know that God is the only one that can give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. We know that God is able to do that thing that is impossible with man. We know that God can do all things but fail. He wants that time with us. Not only that time for us to sit and worship him, but that time for him to feed us, to feed us and increase us and to grow us, to nurture us, to cause us to be disciples, not only servants. God needs us. He needs us to come to the place that we know that he is first, that we know that he is alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. We need to know in ourselves that in the end he will be. Even when everything else fails and everything else fades away, he will be. And today I ask you to open up, open up again, open up for the first time, open up and let God in because he wants to do that new thing. Sober up. You are not the only one that God can use. He can use anybody that is willing and obedient for he said they shall eat the good of the land. Y'all have a blessed day.